We do those all day long, but uh, tonight I won't have a lot of scriptures up, but I told Pastor I did, I did want to take the time to uh, share my testimony with uh, y'all here in the house of the Lord and those that are joining us, and it's, uh, it's a real privilege to be here. It's a, it's a great privilege to serve the Lord, and it's a, it's a great privilege to serve with you, Pastor Goodluck. Would y'all please bow your heads? Father God, Lord, we thank you for this time. Lord, I just ask the Holy Spirit to to move and to intercede on our behalf, Father. I tell you, Lord, if we walked in here with a heart of stone, give us a heart of flesh tonight, Lord. Lord, may your words penetrate us as we glorify your name. We share our testimonies, Lord, because you tell us in Revelation that the enemy is overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So, Lord, you did your part, so tonight I'm going to do mine. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, you know, I want to... I want to be very open with everybody, and I just want to share some things with y'all, but j- just because uh, just because I say things like the Lord speaks to me, it, it doesn't mean that I think I'm any better than anybody, okay? I want, I want y'all to understand that, and I'm not trying to do false humility here at all. I'm just telling you, if God will do it for me, and he has, he'll do it for you, and he will. Amen? And so, I uh, just, just to give you a little, just a little bit of history here. Uh, we've been Pastor Goodluck and Angela for 15 years. Um, Shelly and I, uh, we've been s- faithfully serving with with Pastor and serving the Lord here, and it's been it's been an amazing experience, an amazing experience, and it's been full of ups and downs and a lot of growth. Amen. A lot of growth, and so. I, you know, I, I, I'm 55 years old. I, I grew up in a small town called El Campo, which I affectionately call Al Campo. Um, I wasn't the first one to say that either, but I might be the last, okay? But uh, I, I first started hearing from the Lord when I was uh, five years old. Maybe I won't get that on the internet, but five years old. Pastor Goodluck has a PhD and he can't figure out twos, threes, and fives. Uh, but I'm having a little fun with him because he always has a little fun with me. But when I was five years old, and so I, I was raised in the Catholic Church, and, and we were very faithful. And when I tell people we practice the Catholic religion, I mean we practiced it faithfully. And everything that I try to do in my life, I absolutely try to give my 100% best. And one thing I've learned about the Lord is, you know, God's, God's always watching. He, he, he's, you know, he's, he's vigilant. He's not bound by anything. And, but I want you to know, I just really encourage you, um, the little things mean so much to everybody, and I just want to share this with y'all. Most people can do the big things, and they can do them really well. It's the little things that make a difference. It's the little things that make a great marriage. Like Shelly bringing me breakfast in bed all the time. It's a little thing, but I, I mean, making me smoothies every morning. It's a little thing, right? But I, I enjoy it, you know? And uh, thank you, baby. Uh, but but when I was five, I, I, I my, my seriously, my first memories are hearing from God, and and the Lord would I would hear him speak things like, you know, I, I've called you to be a man of God. So I would I was raised in the Catholic Church, so I would go to the priest and I would I would say, hey, the Lord the Lord's telling me that I'm gonna be a man of God, and and I would take the priest collar off and I would put it on myself and. And then everybody in my family would go, no, 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 you don't want to be a priest, you know. You don't, you don't want, even the priest was telling me you don't want to be a priest. So, you know, I, it didn't discourage me, right? 
but it's, you know, let a matter be established two or more, you know, it's scriptural. But, but what, I, what I noticed was, is, uh, I, I'm going to say this, but I don't, I don't want it to sound like the, wor- the way the words are going to come out, but, but I have always felt special with God. Let me say it like this. I've always felt that God's had a special purpose for me, and I've always felt not only did the Lord love me, but the Lord wanted to use me. Always. I've always had a gift of prophecy. Always. Um, And one of the things that I've learned about the Lord is His faithfulness. And if God's going to call you to something, He's definitely going to walk with it through you. I mean, you don't, you don't have to worry about that. What I mean by through you is, is God's going to be with you the whole way, carrying you, but He's going to be walking through you. He's going to be showing Himself through you. That's what I mean by that. And I hope that makes sense. Because let me tell you something. People, people tend not to remember our, our best days, but they always seem to remember our worst days. I just don't think God does that. I really don't. I think what the Lord sees is potential in each and every one of us. And while that potential may be unfulfilled today, which it very well may, God sees what we're capable of becoming. And just like you love your children, you love your spouse, you love your parents, you love your family, just like that, where you hope for the best for all of them, I do. I think you do too. I believe that's the way God sees us. God sees us through a lens of hope. God sees us through a lens of accomplishing things, delivering things, being the hands and feet of Jesus. That's, that's, that's truly what I believe. And, and I love Pastor Goodluck so much because, you know, my wife was going, I think, to Nigeria for the second, second time. Second time. And, and, and uh, they were all over there. And, and I was here and I came to Pastor Goodluck's office and I said, Pastor, I don't understand it. I do not have a desire to go to Africa and preach or teach or administer. And I said, I can't figure it out. My wife's been twice now, but I, you know, I don't mind raising money and writing checks. I don't mind doing that. I just don't feel led to go. And Pastor Goodluck said, neither do I. Remember that, Pastor? And that really put me at ease. Because one thing I do know at the Ark Fellowship, you you can be yourself. You can hurt, you can be happy, you can cry, you can laugh. You can get up and dance. I mean, we're a spirit-filled church, right? In every way. I love the miracles that I've seen. I love when sometimes, uh, with Shelly and I, when we were searching for churches we we drove on the church parking lot that's the house not not this facility but the house in 2006 and the lord spoke to me and he said i'm very pleased you're here just a whisper just a whisper those four words i'm very pleased you're here we sat in the back we we were not in a very good mindset probably to worship but we went anyway you know uh but uh, I don't mean that as a negative thing. It's just going through a lot, you know. And uh, 
we sat on the back row. We did nothing. Um, I mean, we, we were involved, but we, we, you know, we just said, well, hey, we're not volunteering for anything for 90 days. We're not doing that. And then <laughs> and as we were leaving, the Lord said, well, you're home. This is your new home. And whispered it again. Pastor, that was 15 years ago. And we've been home ever since. Hallelujah, right? Hallelujah. And I wanted to share that with you because you see me standing here today. And the reason why I want to share my testimony, because, hey, look, you know, as my polyscience teacher said when I was a freshman in college, he said, we're all born equal. And after that, you're on your own, baby. What a lie. That's not the truth. You're not on your own. There is clearly safety in numbers. It's in the Scripture where two or more gather in my name. Clearly, there's safety in numbers. Clearly, God has a plan. Clearly. But we do have to be in a position to be able to hear from the Lord, and we do have to be in a position to be able to be willing and able, which is obedience, to be obedient to what the Lord tells us. And sometimes when the Lord asks us to do things and we don't agree with it, well, what I do is I go to my Bible and I find scriptures, you know, I'm going to prove it right or prove it wrong, but God's always right, so I always lose on that one. But, you know, and the reason why I share that with you, it's, it's, it's always important that when the Lord asks you to do something, to get into the Word and figure out what, he's, what is He really calling you to do, what's He really asking you to do. Amen? No matter how difficult it is or no matter how easy it seems, um, it's okay. I was telling somebody at work, it's okay that we have friction at work. It's okay. Iron sharpens iron. He said, what? I said, yeah, it's in the Word of God. Iron sharpens iron. It'll make, you know, us working together. It's, it's going to be a great thing. So you don't have to agree about everything. Just agree with the Word. You don't have to agree with every man you meet. You know, I'm doing couples counseling, and I love to do that before I perform a, a ceremony. My rule, my rule is on weddings that I need to counsel with you 100 days. 100 days. And here's what, I, here's what I tell people. Everything from, you know, the young adults typically. But what I tell them is, it's a lot different if you go seek somebody's opinion versus they give it to you. See, when you go into the Word of God, you're seeking God's opinion. You're researching it. You're reading it. You're trying to understand it. You're trying to cross-reference. You're trying to see what God says. And so, I jokingly said this when Shelby and I were children's ministries because I had... Uh, a person, I'm not going to say their name, but they were quoting things that sounded like Scripture, but it wasn't Scripture. And I said, oh, that's on the book of He Lied to Us. Oh, yeah. You know, it was a joke. But it's not. We, we need to know the Word of God. In fact, not only do we need to know it, we need to believe it. And not only do we need to believe it, but we need to live it. And then once we live it, we need to come back to God and glorify His name for the things that He's done on our behalf. On our behalf. For all of us. So what is this tied to a five-year-old? I'm 55. I've been hearing from the Lord for 50 years. I don't mind sharing my age with you all because most of you are a lot younger than I am, so y'all won't care anyway, you know. But, but, but my point is, for 50 years, for 50 years, I've been hearing from the Lord. And when I don't hear from the Lord... I'm not saying I get anxious. I just don't understand it. Because I hear from the Lord almost daily. Sometimes it's a little thing. Sometimes it's not. 
But here's what I've learned, you know, my experiences with the Lord is we may think it's insignificant. I mean, when the Holy Spirit says something to me, it's just a whisper. Like when Tim Titchell's sitting in my office, it's just a whisper. And Tim gave his testimony, so, uh, well, a little bit of his testimony. And Tim, Tim and I have been great friends for 15, 15 years. Yeah, 15 years. And, and Tim, do you mind me saying what you told me when you were in my office? Oh, great. So, you know, I said, I said, Tim, how's your relationship with God? And he said, I'm very angry with God. That surprised me. Because most men are, that's great, you know, whatever. You know, I mean, it's all good. Not Tim. I'm very angry with God. He told me why. And I understood that. And I think it's okay to have emotions and it's okay to have feelings. But I told Tim a few things that day. And I, I did tell Tim this. I said, Tim, God wants to get your attention. And God's going to get your attention. Right, Tim? And Tim stepped out of my office. He was standing in the doorway. He stepped back out of the doorway. And I said, Tim, when you walk in your house, there's three shelves. And on the middle shelf, there's a gentleman fishing. He's got sunglasses on and a red cap. Everybody thinks it's you. It's not. It's your father. Remember that, Tim? And Tim said, you can't know. And I said, I don't. But God does. And God's going to get your attention. And if he hasn't gotten it, he is going to get it. Because a year from now, you're going to come to work for me. Tim said, I will never work for another man. A year later, Tim came to work for me. It's been, it's been the birth of one of the greatest friendships I've probably had in my life. Because uh, when we went to work, what we were really doing is having Bible study all day. And the more we prayed, the, the better we got at work. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating when I tell you this. The more we prayed, the more time we dedicated to God, the more sales we wrote, the cleaner the orders were. People were calling in. And people say, well, that's just a coincidence. Okay, it's a coincidence. But every day for years? You, you can't discount what the Lord's doing. And I won't discount in my life what God's doing. So God brought my wife in here and our family to the Ark Fellowship. And we have faithfully served. And one thing you've got to understand about me, I don't care if it's up here preaching and teaching, doing Bible study or cleaning toilets, I don't care. I'm going to give it 100%. Because God deserves that. This body of Christ deserves that. And one thing that I've always respected about the Ark Fellowship is the encouragement to launch ministries out. The encouragement. The constant encouragement to lead. Now look, some people have to learn how to be led. Some people have to learn how to lead. But to lead, to go out, to make an impact for the kingdom. If you need funding, come see us. We'll figure that out. We've got vans that are paid for that pastor prayed privately and people walked in and wrote checks. Amen? So I share this with you because it builds up my faith. And I want to, uh, you know, uh, hopefully if it builds up my faith, it'll build up your faith. And one of the things, one of the scriptures that, that I want to get into, can we put that up, please? Uh, my one scripture, as Tim said, it's Romans 10, 11. And there it is. So, so anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Now, this is significant to me, and I'll tell you why. 
First of all, I love the, I love the book of Romans. But Shelly and I were recently married. I was 26 years old. I think she was 23. And her, her Aunt Dee had invited us to uh, out to a uh, revival. And we went to it. And during the revival, I got really sick. I felt like I was coming down with the flu. Uh, couldn't hold my head up. We were there. It's kind of an all-day thing. And so I left, and I went in the car. And it was in July, and it was really hot, so I had the air running. And, and so anyway, Aunt Dee came out and got me and said, hey, you got to get back in there. And I said, Dee, I don't feel good. And she said, no, really, you've got to get back in there. I said, Dee, you don't understand. I really don't feel good. And after 20 minutes, I went back in because, you know, it's hard to argue with women, right? Just is. They're persistent. They just nag. No, I'm just kidding. I looked at Kathy when I said that, by the way. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. But anyway, what happened was when, when, I, when I came back in, they were doing a final altar call, and it was a, it was a big facility. I think it was uh, First Baptist Church on I-45. And uh, they kept doing a final altar call. You know, we feel like somebody's here. They haven't come up yet. And the guy in front of me turned around and said, hey, man, I think they're calling you. I mean, he pointed right at me. And Shelly said, yeah, I think they're calling you. And so I'd never seen anybody slain in the Spirit, and I'd never seen anybody. <laughs> I just hadn't. I wasn't exposed to that back then. And uh, <laughs> so I reluctantly went up to the front, and a little kind silver-haired man with black-framed glasses, he said, I've been waiting on you. And I said, oh, you have? He said, yes. I said, he said, I'd like to pray for you. Is that okay? And I said, yeah, you can pray for me, but you're not putting your hands on me, and you're not pushing me down on the ground. He said, oh, son, can I call you son? I said, sure. He said, is that what you think we're doing here, son? I said, yes, I've been watching you from the back. He said, well, with your permission, I'd like to pray for you. And all I'm going to do is raise my hands, and I'm going to say in the name of Jesus, and I'm going to pray for you. Is that okay? It is. In the name of Jesus. Boom, I land on my back. I'm down for 20 minutes. I don't know where I am. But when I'm there, Jesus shows up. He shows up. And he tells me, I've called you to be mine. The first 40 years will be yours, but the next 40 years will be mine. I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, and I will never let you be put to shame. Never. You never have to worry about when you're operating in your gifts, whatever they are. You never have to worry about that. Never. You don't have to worry about shame. It doesn't exist in the kingdom of God. It will never exist in the kingdom of God. And so what, what ended up happening was, after I, after I got up, after being down for 20 minutes, and all these people are standing around me, and they're all looking at me because nobody caught me. <laughs> I was standing 10, 10 12 feet from, from the reverend. Didn't get his name. And when he raised his hands up, the power of the Holy Spirit just knocked me over as to say, oh, you think they're pushing them down? Oh, no, no, Al. Oh, no, Al. For the first time in my life, I knew what it meant to be slain in the Spirit. I knew what it meant to be in the presence of Jesus. And it was so real, and I don't know where we... I don't know where I was. I, I don't know that... But I know there were three entities in the room. And one kept saying to me, I'm very complicated. You'll never figure me out. I'm very complicated. Very complicated. Over and over again, it was driving me crazy. But when Jesus walked in, and Jesus didn't have a body, he had a presence, and he didn't speak with an audible voice, but he spoke to my heart. 
When Jesus walked in, they all said, we know who you are. We know we have to leave. And they left. And it was just like that. So when I woke up, I wasn't disoriented, but I really wasn't sure what exactly was going on. It was one of those things where it's never happened to me before. Um, but anyway, so uh, Shelly's aunt Dee invited us to dinner and, and camp her uncle cooked the steaks. And she was like, I want to know what was said. So I told her that experience that I had. And uh, she said, well, do you realize what you did? You made a covenant with God. And I said, she said, do you know what a covenant is? I said, I do. I know what a covenant is. It's an agreement. She goes, yeah, you made an agreement with God. I said, okay. And she said, God will never make, he'll never break agreement with you. I said, okay. And so I'm going to fast forward. That's when I was 26. Now I'm 39. And uh, I've never prayed in tongues. I've never spoken tongues. And I'm almost ashamed to say this now, pastors, I pray in tongues daily, but but I didn't have a desire to do that, and I'd never experienced that. But in the middle of the night, I woke up, and I was praying in tongues. And I, I, I knew I could feel that, again, the, the exact same presence of Jesus. And the Lord said, get up. Pray with me. Get up. And so I got up, and at our old house, we had a chair and ottoman set up. And I got down on my knees, and I started praying. And I said, Lord, what are we praying about? He said, tonight I've called you to be mine. And I said, Lord, um, I'm not 40. I'm, I'm 39. My birthday is September 26th, if y'all want to send gifts. Okay. But I said, Lord, Lord, I, I, I'm not 40. I'm 39. The Lord said, no, tonight, tonight. Tonight you're 40. Pray, let's pray. So I prayed and started talking to the Lord again. And, and I said, Lord, <laughs> it's, it's January 12th. Our birthday's September 26th. And the Lord said, no, tonight you were conceived. With me, life begins at conception. Tonight you're 40. Tonight. Tonight you're 40. January 12th. The night you're conceived, you're 40. Tonight we're celebrating your birthday. Get up, pray with me. Now who might argue with the Lord? But see, God's ways aren't our ways. I'm arguing with God about a timeline. He created time. He created me. It's, it's not an argument you're going to win, but... It's, sounds silly after you say it, you know, 20 years later, right? But, but I, I share that with you all because I, I want you to understand that God may whisper something to you when you're five years old. It may not come to pass till you're 39 years old. But it will come to pass. And there are many times when, you know, when I, when I went out and I was first preaching and and uh, it's just the strangest thing. I'm sitting, Tim again, I'm sitting in a meeting in Chicago. I'm having lunch with a guy. Uh, he looks at me and he says, hey, uh, aren't you a pastor? This is March, you know. And I said, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I am. He said, I want you to come to my church Wednesday night and preach. He said, will you do that for us, Pastor Al? I said, sure. He said, we're right, we're right down in Merrillville, Indiana. It's just a short drive. It's two and a half hours from Chicago, guys. I don't know how much money I put in the, in the toll booth, but I ran out of change. I just started running them. You know, I'm being, I'm being serious. I think I counted like 25, 27 toll booths from Chicago to Indiana. I'm talking every other mile. It's 35 cents, 75 cents. 
whatever that is. And so when I was driving down to, to preach at this church, which probably held about 150, Shelly went down there with me later on, uh, same church. And uh, I stopped off in a McDonald's, and I'd been fasting all week. I mean, I'd had nothing to eat all week, and the Lord said, you can break your fast. And so I pulled off on the frontage road, and I'm not a big fan of McDonald's. Um, never have been. We didn't have one where I grew up. Uh, but, but anyway, I, there was, it was one of the McDonald's that was really big, and it had the two lanes, and the cars were backed up around. So I just pulled in, and I went inside, and I didn't see anybody in there. And I walked up, and I, I ordered something, and I was walking over to sit down. And I saw this lady, and she had her, she had her meal open, and it looked like she was praying. And the Lord said, go tell her I love her right now. And I said, uh, I'd been fasting, so I had a headache. And, uh, and I said, Lord, I, I, just, I, I have a headache, and I, I, I really need to eat something. And the Lord said, no, go, go tell her right now I love her. I said, Lord, I, I just don't. Feel. And on the third time, I saw, I went over to her, and, and, I, and I, I tapped her on her shoulder, and I stood back, and she didn't do anything. She just stayed like this. And so I walked over, and I tapped her again. And she turned around and she said, what? And it scared me. I mean, it shook me, right? And I said, well, ma'am, I just came over here to tell you that God loves you. She said, why would you say that to me right now? I said, because the Lord asked me to. She said, who are you anyway? I said, my name's Pastor Al. I'm from Houston, Texas. I said, the Lord sent me all the way down here to tell you that he loves you. She just busted out crying. Talking crying when your shoulders are going, and I mean, really crying. And so after a few minutes, I said, "Ma'am, are you okay?" And she said, "Well, I was just sitting here praying right now, Lord, if you're real, send somebody. Tell me that you love me." My legs shook, and not because of the fasting. It rocked me. The Holy Spirit rocked me. It was an incredible experience with God. And I truly believe, had I not done that, that God would have sent somebody else in there to do it. I truly believe that. God's will will always be done. Let's make sure that we're the ones being obedient and we're the ones carrying through. Amen? I share that with you because it's the little things. I talked about the little things making such a great difference. I believe it's the little things in the kingdom of God that, that mean so much to people when they come in and they're greeted and the church is clean and the little things, right? And People know who the pastors are and everything's done appropriately in the right manner. I just think that that's a, that's a great thing. It's a great thing. Because if you've ever been somebody and you walk in and you're not greeted, and I don't care where you are, and you're just kind of standing there by yourself, and you feel alone. But in the moment we walked into the Ark Fellowship, Shelly, my wife, and myself, we felt special. We felt that God had called us to be here. Pastor, I can honestly tell you, when we, when we came, we were just spiritually worn out. God refreshed us. He rebuilt us. He reestablished us with a purpose and a drive. A purpose and a drive. A clear vision. And we were, Gunnar, my son, sitting here. Gunnar was little, and uh, he was probably six years old, and they were doing the, the Pinewood Derby, and we were working on his car. 
Pastor, you may or may not remember this. And Shelly and I got up at 4.30 and we were working on the car. And I don't know if Gunnar dropped the car or I dropped the car, but it bent one of the axles. So I was straightening the little nail out, you know, the axle. And I had the graphite because we were going to win, you know. If we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. And uh, at about 5.30, the Lord spoke to me and said, go up to the church right now and tell Pastor yes. Tell Pastor you'd like yes. Just say the word yes. Do you remember that, Pastor? You don't, do you? Pastor's had a few birthdays since then, so we're going to give him a hall pass. But, but anyway, I walked into the church. It was Mike. Mike was praying, and Pastor was praying. And they were up front, and most of the lights were off. My head's way too big for this microphone. I mean my hair, sorry. Not my head. What am I saying? Oh, my gosh. Great to be humble. But anyway, I just walked in, and I tapped Pastor Gillick, and he was praying in tongues, and and he looked up at me with one eye, and I said, Pastor, yes. He said, oh, praise God. I know you don't remember that, but, but, but just one word, one action, being obedient once. Now we've been here 15 years. And 15 years has flown by. And the fulfillment. You know, people will ask me, they say, well, hey, big guy, what kind of church do you have? i got a spirit-filled church. What does that mean? Well, you like miracles? What? We do lots of miracles. Lord move. Do lots of miracles. Get to witness lots of miracles. What do you mean you do lots of miracles? We pray the word of God and the Lord moves and people are healed. Hallelujah. Or as Ennis would say, glory. Because most people don't ever get to experience that. Because they don't put themselves in an environment or the family in an environment. Where they, where they can experience that. And let us never take for granted what God's doing here, what God's doing in our lives. Let, never, never, let us take for granted what, what God's going to do through us. Never. And I'm going to tell you right now, in the hardest times of my life is when God's come through the biggest in my life. And if, if I were to tell you that 10 years ago, 10 years ago, I had lost my job. I blew my knee out. First, I blew my Achilles out, had it reconstructed. I was in bed for five and a half months. Then I blew my knee out playing basketball with a couple of pastors that I knew at the YMCA. I was back in bed for five and a half months. And I can tell you, my wife and I, we did everything right. We saved up our money. We were responsible. We, I mean, we had life insurance policies. But after two and a half years, it was all gone. Not only was it gone, but we had $92,000 on credit cards, and the interest on the credit cards was about 3800 a month, and I couldn't pay the interest anymore. And I got really frustrated, and I came up, and we didn't tell anybody what we were, we didn't tell anybody what we were going through. And I sat down with Pastor. And I just said, Pastor, is it okay to ask why? Pastor said yes. The pastor told me something that was really interesting. He said, Pastor Al, it's just a season. Now I was doing great things in ministry. I mean, we had a, I had a high school coach that called me up. We raised literally $25,000 for a, a kid that was homeless. His mom had passed away to an illness. And uh, we raised $25,000 like that. And I mean like that, like in three or four weeks, we raised $25,000. And so I was sitting on Old Hempstead Highway here after coming from the fundraiser with the booster club at a local high school here. And I said, Lord, I don't understand this. How can I raise $25,000? Because they kind of made me the, the chief in charge, you know, of doing the fundraising, right? And uh, I'm talking to the booster club, and we're, we cook 80 briskets, and we serve literally 2,500 people in 24 hours. 
took us three days to cook the briskets, three, three full days to prep them and cook them. And uh, people were donating briskets, so 100% of it went to profit. We had truck drivers pulling up, literally giving us $100 bills. Keep the brisket, here you go. I heard about this, really exciting stuff, right? I see the Lord moving, moving, moving. And I'm sitting on old Hempstead Highway, right across from Jackrabbit Road. That's what 1960 used to be called on the old sign. And I said, Lord, I don't get this. I said, how, how can I raise $25,000 for a 16-year-old kid that I don't even know and I can't, I can't pay my own bills. I can't, I can't feed my family. Nobody knew what was going on. I think I borrowed $500 from Mike one time because I thought I was going to overdraft. I'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, Mike was kind enough to give me, I think, 500 bucks. Um, but, but anyway, the Lord spoke something very interesting to me. He said, I said, Lord, you know, I kept saying, why, why, why? And the Lord said, speak it. Give me permission to move. I said, Lord, you know you have permission to move. He said, no, you speak it. I said, Lord, you have permission. Here I go arguing again. No, you speak it. You say it with your mouth. Lord, I give, I give the Holy Spirit permission to move. My phone rings. Guy at the fundraiser says, I need you to come pick up a couple checks. Where are you? I said, well, I'm sitting right here at Jackrabbit Road and Old Hempstead Highway. He said, oh, I'm a quarter mile from there. Just keep on coming. Turn to the right. So I do, and they meet me in the back, and they're walking me through, and they're showing me this. And so the guy says, I'm going to give you two checks. I said, great. He said, here's one for the fundraiser. He said, how do you spell your last name? I said, G-R-E-G-U-R-E-K. He said, make the other one out to Al, G-R-E-G-U-R-E-K. I said, no, it doesn't work like that. I said, it, I said the, the checks have to go to the 501B. Uh, 501, is that right? 501C? Is that right? 501C, thank you. And uh, he said, no. He said, the first check's for the fund. The second check's for you. And I said, oh, no, I can't. I can't take your check. It has to go to the fund. He says, no. Monday morning, I want you to come down here and run my marketing meeting. I'm having some issues, and I need you to come figure it out for me. And I heard you're the guy to do it. What? And then he looked at the lady in accounting. Her name was Evelyn. He said, Evelyn, when Al needs more money, Al, just come back to Evelyn. Just tell her the dollar amount that you want. Remember, Pastor, I shared this with you. I came back to church, and I couldn't believe it. And uh, just get another check. Any dollar amount that he tells you, just give you another check. Just get another check from Evelyn. I was stunned. Stunned. Floored. And then I was praying one morning and I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I know you've gifted me. I know I have these gifts. I'm talking about business and I'd like to use them again. And the Lord said, I'm bringing you back. I'm bringing you back. I didn't know what that meant, but I was helping Shelly's sister with a oil and gas presentation for a software company based out of Scottsdale, Arizona. And she had to do a presentation to the CEO. She wanted to be the director of marketing. And she called me up. She said, hey, Big Al, you, you know all these guys in oil and gas. Can you explain to me the difference between upstream, downstream, midstream, and who kind of does what and who the leaders are. I said, oh, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll do the presentation for you. So I did. I worked on it for a few days and really nice presentation. It was about 22, 23 slides long, and it was, I poured my heart into it. CEO looks at it. He goes, you didn't do this. Ashley, you didn't do this. Oh, no, my brother-in-law did. Okay, I need to meet with him. 
Can't make this stuff up. I get a phone call from Ashley and says, hey, this guy Doug wants to talk to you. You don't know him, but I think they want to fly you up this weekend, and I think they want to talk to you about a job. So I get there, and they fly me up for the weekend. I fly into uh, Scottsdale. And uh, anyway, when I go in, the Lord, I, I'm meeting everybody, the VPs, the C-level C guys, and you know, I'm dressed to the nines. i got my hair slicked back. I'm ready to go. And the Lord says, whatever they offer you, you take it. Whatever. We immediately, after, I mean, after five minutes, we're negotiating. Al, we, we, we're looking at your skill set and your LinkedIn, and boy, we can't believe we missed you, but hey, you're here now, and we're going we're gonna to make you an offer. I'm looking at my watch. I haven't even been there 10 minutes. We're going to make you an offer. I'm like, yeah, here we go. They make me an offer. It's like one-third of what I'm used to making. The Lord says, take it. I said, Doug, I'll take it. He said, oh, no, 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 this is a negotiation. <laughs> he said, he said uh, you can counter. We, we know that's well below your market value, but that's where we like to start. And, and I said, no, I'll take it, Doug. I said, I'll take it. And uh, when do you want to start? We talked back and forth. And so finally, I signed the offer, the first offer that they made. Coincidentally, I was working in San Antonio at an event. It was a, it was a downstream event in oil and gas. And I was running a booth there, and I'd literally been on board for a month, and CEO comes flying in unannounced. Doug shows up. I get a message on a little sheet that says, hey, uh, Doug's here. He'd like to meet with you on the break, and Doug's been here for a day. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know what was going on. I hadn't been there long enough to figure everything out. I was just being myself and shaking hands, and I knew a lot of the people there. Like, you know, I do. It's a small community. And uh, anyway, so Doug says, hey, I want to work with you in the afternoon, and and we're going to, uh, I want to just talk to you about some stuff afterwards. I said, okay. So anyway, um, we worked that afternoon and the Doug came and sat down. He drew three circles. He drew the company, himself, and me. And he said, Al, we had no idea when we hired you what your skill set was. As of today, you're going to be my new vice president. You're going to lead sales. And we're going to retroactively go back from the day you hired and we're going to give you an executive package. Talk about blowing your hair back. That's why it looks like this all the time. <laughs> I'm being serious. I was stunned. I said, what are the three circles, Doug? Because I love business. What are the three circles? He said, I don't know. He said, I can't, I can't figure out how to get these three things together. I, can't, I cannot figure out how to get my company and myself to align. But I figure you, and he kind of drew me over the other circles, you know, like where they all join. And he said, I just figure you with your skill set. Um, I think you're a good communicator, and I think you understand technology, which I do. And he said, I just think, I think you're going to be the one to bring this together. And he looked at me, and he goes, do you accept the challenge? Do you accept the challenge? In other words, this is going to be hard. He just told me what's broken. Everything. Everything's broken. I said, Sure. Absolutely. So when the Lord says He's bringing you back, if you're not ready, get ready. And when the Lord says He's bringing you back, let me just tell you what it is. Be ready all the time. Because see, when I was doing that presentation, I literally was doing it as if I was going to give it. 
I literally was calling executives going, hey, somebody might call you from this company. I just, I need to call in a favor. My wife's sister-in-law is going for this job. It's a big job for her. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll take care of you. Don't worry about it. These are top executives for oil and gas company. Yeah, we'll, we'll take care of that. Don't worry about it. You know, it's an interesting thing, you know, when, when Elijah had built the altar and he called down fire from heaven against Baal, and they poured the water on the altar. The thing most people miss is they were in a massive drought. A massive drought. And so the other prophets, when they saw them pouring their water on the altar, they thought they were crazy. But the premise is, whatever's most precious to you, put it in front of the Lord. Give it up. So when they called down the Lord... And God brought fire from heaven. It burned up everything, right? You know the Scripture? You know what I'm talking about? burned up everything. Nothing's left. Now you can look at it as nothing's left, or you can look at it as it's a clean sheet of paper. It's a new beginning. And that's the way when I read it, that's the way I looked at it. Wow, God moved. Look at this. It's all new. Everybody just saw what happened. I'm telling you right now, if you're going through difficulty in your life, give it up to the Lord. Give the Lord permission to move. And then be ready. Be ready. Expect something great from God. And here's what I always tell the Lord. I, I'm just coming to you. Oh, I got another hour here. Good. Tim, day to day, we didn't know what was going to happen, did we? But we knew God was going to move and we knew it was going to be great. And we worked with some of the biggest companies in the U.S. We had a who's who's list, two guys sitting in an office, sometimes doing a million dollars a day in sales, sometimes more than that. Working with the IRS, working with the FBI. Who? City of Houston. Oh, gosh. We won't even get into that. Martha. Um, and I'm... My, my experience with the Lord is not only will you never be put to shame like the Scripture says. And by the way, that Scripture appears 85 times in the Bible if you cross-reference it. Never be put to shame. Those exact words in translation. But to look back on what God's done in our life because, you know, people come to my new house that we built and they, they ask a lot of questions and they look and <laughs> all I want to do is give my testimony. That's all I want to do. It's like that song, look what the Lord has done. Lane was working with us today. It's all God. People don't understand that they don't get it until... You start to explain to them where you come from. And what I wanted to do tonight was just take, you know, a little bit of time and just share with you all just a couple of things that, that I've experienced with the Lord. When the Lord speaks something to you, doesn't mean it's going to happen right away. doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It is going to happen if you're willing and able. If you put yourself in a position, first of all, 
You know, I always say the Lord's, uh, the world's a very busy place. It's really loud. But you have to be in a position to hear from God. I'll say that again. You've got to be in a place where you can hear from God. And then, you can do like I did, and you, you can argue about some things with the Lord. I, don't, I really don't think He... I mean, many people have argued with God throughout the Bible. I mean, Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, I mean. But my point of telling you that is when the doubt goes out of your mind and your heart gets filled with God's will, you will be in a position when the Lord calls you to do everything that He's asked you to do. And I mean everything. And the reason why I wanted to give my testimony is, first of all, it's very humbling to see what the Lord has done in our lives because I married one of the greatest people I've ever met. And I always tell my wife that, man, I knew we were going to make it because the one thing we had in common, she loved me and I loved me. And let me tell you, nothing was going to break that. Right, baby? Uh, she's like, yes, yes. I'm not joking. It's, it's true. But you... We need to be thankful and respectful for the environment that God is putting us in, placed us in. But we also need to be responsible to make sure that we take advantage of everything that the Lord's called us to do. The kingdom of God is ever expanding. You know, it's so funny. You know, Bill was saying about a negative test. When I was growing up, man, it's really, you got a negative test. That wasn't good. <laughs> now it's great. What used to be right is wrong, and what used to be wrong is right. I don't know the date and the time, but I can tell you it's getting real confusing out here. I can tell you that. Things are upside down. But, you know, I don't care how you shake the jar. The cream always rises to the top, and that's the Lord. That's the Holy Spirit. I don't care how hard you get shaken. The cream always rises to the top. You have the Lord in your heart. You're going through a hard time. Ask the Lord. Say, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? What do do I need to know? I can tell you the one thing that I regret, and I told told Pastor Goodluck this. He will remember this. Uh, I went to Pastor Goodluck and I said, I told told him that the Lord said he was going to humble me. Instead of me saying, well, Lord, just tell me what you need me to change and I'll be good. And I said, okay, Lord, humble me. Boom. Like being at the fair throwing softballs at the big circle right into the water, dunk tank. I mean, that fast. That fast. But also, I want to tell you this as hard as you hit the water, you're not going to drown. Babies can float and swim. Babies. God's not going to leave you, He's never going to forsake you. He's never going to let you be put to shame. Never, ever, about anything. And so if you were to listen to me pray today, one of the first things I always do is give the Holy Spirit permission to move. When I'm driving somewhere and I, and I think I'm going to have an opportunity to witness to somebody, I said, Lord, I give you permission to create an environment, a fertile environment for me to witness to them. Amen? Prepare the place. Prepare their heart. If they have a heart of stone, give them a heart of flesh. 
In other words, if they're cold and shut down, give them a heart of flesh. But be prepared. Prepare your heart. You'll be amazed what God can do through you. If you'll just set aside the doubt. Don't let your flesh worry about being embarrassed. And act on the Word of God. Stand on it. Understand it. Live it. Act on it. And see what the Lord will do. Amen? So I want to thank you all for this evening. And I just want to encourage you, as I do the closing prayer tonight, I, I, don't, I don't want to pretend I know where anybody's walk with the Lord is or anybody on the Internet, but as I pray tonight, if you haven't accepted Jesus, please do that as your Lord and Savior. But if you're lukewarm or cold, you've got an opportunity to come back into your life and reignite you, reignite your spirit. Give you hope. Fill you all the way up to where you're overflowing. Anybody ever feel like you're overflowing? Happens to me a lot praying in the Holy Spirit. Never seen anything like it. I'm praying in the Holy Spirit now more than I ever have in my entire life. Sometimes in my spirit, I pray in the Holy Spirit all day long. I can't explain it. I'm sitting in a meeting and I'm praying in the Holy Spirit. I'm conscious in the meeting, but my spirit man's praying in the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I think I know what I'm praying about. Sometimes I don't know what I'm praying about. But I do know know that God is God. And I do know it's very important, extremely vital, that we align ourselves with God and the Holy Spirit, His great helper. So, Father God, we thank You for this time, Lord. Lord, for those who don't know You, I encourage them to ask You into their hearts to be their Lord and Savior, that they can share their testimony and further the kingdom of God. Lord, for those who are, I don't know if struggling is the right word, or they're just lukewarm or cold, but they're not hot, Lord. Lord, I pray that You would ignite in them something in their spirit man, spirit woman. Ignite in them, Lord, to where they overfill. They're overflowing with Your Holy Spirit, Lord. Overflowing in gifts. With, with an attitude of can-do for the kingdom of God. Your attitude, as Jesus said when He walked this earth. Nothing was too big for Him. I say the name Jesus over every situation that exists for everyone that's listening right now. Lord, I thank You for who You are. I thank You for allowing me to share our experiences that we've had together, Lord. And Lord, those that I've called out here in the sanctuary, Lord, I, I, I thank them for letting me take some liberties there. But Lord, we love You. And in Jesus' name, we say these things, will, they will be done. They will come to pass. And everybody say, Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, y'all.